Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. This is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on Thursday morning. It is back to being a game week. Yeah, the bye was, it was what it was. You know, for fans, sometimes it's a nice time to just kind of check out, you know, from having to follow stuff, not having to follow stuff, but from following stuff about the Steelers. Um, For the players, it's a time to just, you know, get some rest, try to get recovered and things like that. But now we're back right into it. You know, the Steelers have already had their regular routine for the week so far. They had a bonus practice on Monday. Didn't have to do an injury report or anything. We had a Mike Tomlin press conference Tuesday. Woo, that was fun. Um, Just how everything changed towards the end of that. But it it is what it is. The Steelers practiced on Wednesday, yesterday. And uh, at the time I'm recording this, I have an injury report for the Steelers. But for some reason, there's still not one for the Browns. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, hurry up. Let us know what's going on. Probably because they have so many players that are listed as limited or whatever, but still dealing with an injury that it's probably takes them four hours just to type it up. So, But uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had everybody practicing. They only had five names on the injury report, um, two of which were players who just came off of IR that they put on there as full participants just because, you know, they're still coming back from an injury, so you better be safe to put them on there. One of which was Anthony McFarland, who was brought up to the active roster on Wednesday. Um, in doing so, the Steelers put uh, defensive tackle Carlos Davis on injured reserve. He had missed five games in a row. They could have done this a long time ago but they finally got around to doing it now. So don't know how long he's out, how much longer he'll be out, but it'll definitely be for three more games. Um, but that that's not helping every, anything with week eight. So let's not worry about it. Um, so there was then some moves on the practice squad. The Steelers released Jalen Samuels, brought in another defensive tackle to make sure that they had their numbers, what they need to be for practices. And, and everything. So those were some moves on Wednesday. Then there was the practice, both Banner, Zach Banner and Anthony McFarland. You know, they were on the injury report, but they were full participants. They were good. Ben Roethlisberger practiced on a Wednesday. I know that would make a lot of Steelers fans that like to be very vocal about that happy. But then you get someone like me that just gets tired of vocal Steeler fans about it. Cause it, it just, I'm going to remind everyone again, when Ben Roethlisberger doesn't practice, it's not that he's not putting in work. He's just resting his arm and not throwing. It's not that he's not doing work at the facility. It's not that he's not in meetings. I mean, by gum, he's there to do his his interview. You know, most people feel like he, you know, he sleeps in and sits around on the couch all day on Wednesdays, and that's not what it is. But he was actually out there, you know, doing, I don't know how much he practiced, uh, more, let's just say this enough that he would be called limited, um, but not necessarily doing everything he would do on a Wednesday. And that could have mainly been as much to make sure the other guys were getting work. So might as well list him as that. Uh, he had a pectoral slash hip injury. That's what he's been listed at for a while. Now, now Melvin Ingram's showing up with a groin injury. Um, but he practiced in a limited capacity. Hopefully he's fine. And then Chase Claypool still coming back with the hamstring. He was a little bit limited. No James Washington on there. So that was that's definitely a plus there. But that's what the Steelers are dealing with injury-wise. The thing is the Browns. The Browns, well, the Browns is the Browns. And they're dealing with a lot of injuries and a lot of uncertainty of who's going to play, who's not going to play. They're coming off their 
mini buy, if you know what I mean. They played last Thursday. So they've had more than a week now or just about a week now since they've played and then have a few more days to get ready for Sunday. So the, that's all the Steelers have left is their mini buy um, in December, other than just chugging through now for the regular season. But what I was going to talk about today is something that I'm, I have my own feelings and you know what, maybe I'll end up being wrong and you know what, it's all right. It's okay if I'm wrong, but this was something I was thinking about tackling since we have no game from this past week to talk about because it was the bye week. You know, normally we talk about the last game, then look going forward into the next game, which we will definitely do that in the second half of the show because I'm not going to let down my nerves of steel. But I will say that what I was thinking of was, you know, do the Steelers, do they, are, they, are they hoping that Baker Mayfield doesn't play? Or do, and they go against Case Keenum? Or do they deep down secretly would rather face Mayfield? It's a good question to ask. And although I was pondering that question anyway, then there was Mike Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday and something that was that he he's going through giving a glowing review of of their opponent like he normally does and he's talking about the the run game and he's talking about the running backs and he's talking about their offensive line and he's talking about their receivers and then he gets to quarterback and he's just like yeah they're the same guy it doesn't matter to us which guy it is you know they've got the veteran backup that can step in and do well so you know we're just going to prepare either you know regardless, because it really doesn't matter which one it is, <laughs> which I, I found kind of interesting. So that just made, confirmed that it was okay for me to address this topic because I wanted to look at it. I want to say, is there really a difference between Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum? Would would Steeler fans, you know, would we prefer to the Steelers be facing one versus the other? Um, so I broke down some numbers. I broke down some numbers. Um, just to see. Now, we, we have to remember who these players are, where they come from, and all that good stuff. So um, Baker Mayfield, we know, was the first overall draft pick um, from 2018. Sorry about that. So 2018, he was the number one draft pick. So this is his fourth season. And Case Keenum, he came out, um, he was he was out of Houston, undrafted. Um, and his first year in the NF in the NFL was 2012. I am not sure if he was a guy that's been around even longer than that. He's, he's, he's 33 years old as of right now. I mean, he he'll turn 34 in February, so he, he'll stay 33 throughout this whole, this whole season. So, you know, a bit of a difference there between, you know, the 33 year old case Keenum versus the 26 year old Baker Mayfield. So I broke down their stats and I, with these stats, I went with just regular season just because I figured it was fair um, and said, let's, let's look at their career stats. Now with Baker Mayfield, he's played four seasons and all with the Browns case Keenum. Here you go. He has played two years with the Houston Texans, two years with the Rams, one year in Minnesota, one year in Denver, one year in Washington. And now this is his first year in Cleveland. I do believe it's his first year. I know he's played, let's just say this. He's played one game in Cleveland. So um, it's his second year in Cleveland, but it was, it was, he got his first start for Cleveland this year. I should have, 
um, made sure that I said that. And that's just like, honestly, Case Keenum, he, he was with Houston for more than, than two years, but it was, um, he didn't make an appearance in the, his first year there. So he, two years where he actually played and he started games. Case Keenum started games, at least one game every season since 2013, with the exception of 2020. So that's his career. Let's break down some of these numbers. So while I'm looking strictly at regular season, Baker Mayfield has a record of 26 and 25. So he's one game above 500. Um, hopefully if he plays this week, the Steelers can make that a nice, even 26 and 26. Uh, he has a completion percentage of 62.26%. He averages 242 yards per game passing. He averages 1.59 touchdown passes per game. 1.59. And he, he averages 0.9 interceptions per game. And he averages 7.48 yards per attempt when it comes to passing. Those are his career numbers, regular season, because like I say, all NFL records and stuff are based on the regular season. So then you go to Case Keenum. Say, okay, well, how different is he? Well, he has more wins, but he's played more games. He is 28 and 35 as a starter. His completion percentage is 62.11. So almost the same, 62.26 to 62.11. Keenum averages 225 yards passing per game. So 242 to 225. He averages much fewer touchdowns per game. It's 1.17, you know, versus the 1.59 um, of Mayfield. So he doesn't throw as many touchdowns, but he averages 0.75 interceptions a game. That means that every four games he's due for three interceptions, uh, the way it all works out, which, you know, Baker Mayfield's going to throw nine in, nine interceptions in a 10-game span based on his numbers. And Keenum does not have nearly as many yards per attempt. He's at 6.87. So that's where they stand um, statistically over their career. But you're like, okay, well, but was Case Keenum, you know, Granted, remember, he started 14 games in 2017 for the Minnesota Vikings, and he was 11-3 and as a starter. Now, one of those losses was to the Steelers, but still, because that, that team won 13-3 and that season. Minnesota won 13-3 and that season. So just, just keep that in mind. But what I thought might be a little bit better to look at, I mean, Steelers fans could sit back and say, oh, wow, that's great. That was his numbers, their numbers. Yeah, you, you, good, good job, Stat Geek. You, you spouted off a lot of numbers, but do those all really mean anything? Well, maybe they do, maybe they don't. How about let's compare how they do against the Steelers? Okay. Let's look how they compare against the Steelers. Now, for this one, I included the postseason because I was going to give Mayfield the credit for his, game last year where he played against the Steelers. Now, also remember some of these, you know, Mayfield has two games in there that he won against the Steelers where it wasn't even against Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. So think of it. The only time Baker Mayfield has, has started a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and Ben Roethlisberger was starting on the other side was the playoff game last year. That was it. So we'll include the playoff game for now, and we'll compare some of these numbers. So against Pittsburgh, Mayfield is 3-3, three and three, but like I said, the one win, if, if you look at, let's just say this, if you were to go only regular season games and only when he faced Ben Roethlisberger, he would, he would, you could call, his middle name would be Owen, okay, because he would be Owen, I'm pretty sure three, um, but the, the other three games are all against um, Ben Roethlisberger. But uh, 
that's that's interesting because I'm looking back at these numbers and I'm trying to remember what happened with Baker Mayfield and and I'm trying to pull up his numbers now. And that tie, I'm pretty sure that tie was was the season that was his rookie year in 2018. That Mayfield didn't start right away. That's what it was. That was Tyrod Taylor. I, I, I was thinking about it for a second because I'm like, hmm, I wonder what you all would be thinking. So that's why that tie wasn't in there. So that's what Baker Mayfield's done um, against the Steelers. He has a completion percentage of 58.66%, which if you remember what he had for his career, that's lower. Okay, 191 yards per game on average. That's lower than his average for everyone else. 1.67 touchdowns per game, which is higher than his average against all teams combined, which is interesting. And he has a lower interception rate, believe it or not, of 0.067 interceptions per game and 6.41 yards per attempt. So that's Mayfield. He's 500 against the Steelers, all the good stuff. Then I look at Case Keenum, and I'm like, you know, let's look at his starts because he did play for the Browns last season against the Steelers. He came in, and he was, I think, 5 for 10. It was that blowout game that he came in and played and, and played against the Steelers um, because that game was over. And I'm trying to remember if Mayfield actually got hurt. I, I can't remember, but uh, I think he did. But yeah, Case Keenum came came in to do some to do some stuff there. So Keenum, he's one and one against the Steelers as a starter. He won against the Steelers playing for the Denver Broncos in 2017. If I said that right, 2017. I, let me let me double check to make sure that was the right one. Uh, no, sorry, I, I got my years backwards. He 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 defeated the Steelers in Denver in 2018. It was 2017 when he faced the Steelers as the starter of the Minnesota Vikings, and they lost to the Steelers. So he's one and one. He's got a completion percentage of 53.85%, 182 yards per game, just under Baker Mayfield's, one touchdown per game. He's, He's thrown two touchdowns in the two games. That's one a game. No interceptions. No interceptions and 5.60 yards per attempt. So as you can see, Case Keenum doesn't quite have the numbers. But if you want to go back and say, you know what? NFL stats only look at regular season. You know, Ben Roethlisberger wins. His postseason wins don't count towards that. So why don't we just look at the regular season? Okay, if you filter out the Baker Bayfield and look at his regular season stats against the Steelers, he's 2-3, and three, worse than Case Keenum. Um, 57.93% completion percentage, still better than Keenum. 176.8 yards per game. That's less than Case Keenum. 1.4 touchdowns per game. That's more than Case Keenum. And point, or sorry, 0.8 interceptions per game, which obviously is more than Case Keenum. So I can see that. I know Coach Tomlin was talking about things from a style standpoint and what the what the quarterback can do. I just thought I'd, you know, this is stat geek. So I broke down the numbers. So there you go. So if you look at regular season stats against the Steelers between the two quarterbacks, it's pretty well even. Here's what I say when it comes to it. Of the two quarterbacks, who has a higher potential to just to come out and just quote unquote light it up. I would say Baker Mayfield. Who has a higher potential to come out and screw it up? I would say 
Baker Mayfield, you know, Case Keaton takes care of the ball, does what he has to do, all those things that you want a veteran to be, especially the backup. That's not Baker Mayfield. Okay. If if you think that that the Steelers are a team that can exploit the Browns' mistakes and needs, you know, some splash plays, turnovers, and stuff, then you're probably rooting for Baker Mayfield to play. If you're one of those those fans that are like, yeah, you know what? I'd rather not have to worry as much about the pass and everything. Then you're then you're saying, okay, you Case Keenum, who's he's fine with the pass, but he's just not going to be that guy that I think can come out and just stomp, stomp, stomp. So I will say this, when it comes to Baker Mayfield until the playoff game last year, he had never thrown for more than 200 yards in a game against the Steelers and neither is Case Keenum. Okay. Take out the playoff game last year. Neither one of those players has ever thrown for more than 200 yards against Pittsburgh Steelers. But now we got to look at this and say, okay, that's all good, great, and grand. But does the quarterback play in this game? Is that really what's going to determine the outcome? I'm going to say wholeheartedly, most likely not. I mean, maybe it does. Um, you know, maybe it does. But I would say it could be more negatively effective than positively effective because I've said it many times. And like, I mean, I'll just say, I say Baker Mayfield sucks, you know. When I say that, I'm mainly looking at people that hold him on this high pedestal. He was the first overall draft pick. First overall draft pick. Does he really hold up as a number one overall draft pick? Honestly. I mean, because look, Trevor Lawrence, eh, we don't know much yet. Okay. Joe Burrow, still not a big sample size, but you know what? I'd have to give an advantage to... To, to burrow there a little bit. Kyler Murray, I'd take Kyler Murray over Baker Mayfield. Um, Jared Goff, uh, probably not as much, but I honestly, I look at him as very, you know, kind of wishy-washy in the same way. Jameis Winston, yeah, that one didn't turn out great. Um, so, I, you know, but I'm just, uh, it's kind of the same way. Andrew Luck, give me Andrew Luck. Cam Newton, especially talking the first four years of Cam Newton, give me Cam Newton. Then when you, if you're going to keep going back farther, you're going to be getting into the whole pre-2011 CBA when quarterbacks got paid quarterback money when they were drafted without ever having to take a snap and Sam Bradford making all that money and everything else. So uh, I would just say that I don't even, I mean, how would you even judge Baker Mayfield on his own quarterback class. Okay. I mean, he went first, Sam Darnold, who's now struggling with his second team. Um, he was third overall, but then when you look at it, Josh Allen went seventh to the bills. Okay. Yeah. Give me some, give me some Josh Allen. Oh, and you got to throw in there that Minka Fitzpatrick was the, was the number 11 pick in that draft as well. Um, but if, but I mean, looking strictly at quarterbacks, then who else? Lamar Jackson was number 32. You know, to me, I'm like, he didn't even live up to that. But that that's just me. The reason I say that about Baker Mayfield is because he's on a rookie deal, look at how much they've surrounded him with. Look at that offensive line. Look at that running game and the running backs that they have. Look at the receivers he has to throw to. And if that team's not coming out there and scoring 30 plus points every game, then you've got to almost look at what, what, what could be holding them back. And for a while you would say, well, maybe it's the coaching. I don't know that it's even the coaching now in Cleveland. I, I would have to say, 
I would have to say it would it would likely be the quarterback play. So it is what it is. We're going to go ahead and take our break. We're going to come back. We're going to look at the numbers of this matchup coming up and see that really, yeah, the quarterbacks might not be as nearly important as it is for the Steelers to try to contain that Cleveland Browns running game. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back after this. Berg Steeler fans, we're back here with the Steelers Stat Geek Thursday morning game week, getting back into the swing of things. Let's look at this matchup. I'll be honest with you. The Steelers week one matchup against the Buffalo Bills was absolutely huge. It was a, you know, big game, big situation. Um, the, everyone knew that the Bills were, you know, a Super Bowl contender by a lot of teams, although they hadn't you know, played a game this season, but look at what they've done since. And my goodness, that team shows that they are a contender. And then you got to, but then you look at those other games and the Steelers have played good quality opponents. I even did a little breakdown, how I thought it was interesting, how, you know, all this, and I, I mentioned it last week. I almost forgot I mentioned it on this podcast that all the Steelers, AFC opponents going into week seven were at the same record or better than the Steelers. They were all three and three or better. Every single one of them. So it was like the Steelers, all their other opponents, and everyone else. And I did say last week, I did want to correct this, that the Steelers at the time, they were 10th because they weren't winning the tiebreakers. I was looking at Yahoo. I was looking at the Yahoo Sports app. And the reason I do is because if you click on the Steelers page and scroll down, they share they share articles. And they share a lot of articles from behind the steel curtain. Your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So I generally look at that because they they – push our articles out. Um, so I was using that app and they don't have it set up by the right tiebreakers to put them where they should be. They have the second tiebreaker point scored, which is not the case. It was conference record. So going into last week, the Steelers technically were in the seven spot, but they were tied with three other teams, all with the same record. So everyone that had the same record or a better record than the Steelers in the AFC were all of their opponents whether they had played them or will play them. Anyone else that was below that were all the teams that the Steelers don't play in the AFC. So it just kind of goes to show that the, you know, they 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 have quality competition. But I even have, even as big as that Bills game was in week one, this game is this game is big. This game is really big right now. The Steelers uh will be coming home for two straight games after this one against teams where they're going to be favored to win both of those uh cross conference games. So if the Steelers can get this one and then roll into those two games, that's when you got to start paying attention. But bottom line is you got to play well. You got to play well enough to win the game. If you're not good enough to play well enough to win, then it doesn't matter about, oh, do you have a good enough record to make? You've got to be a good team in order to do things. So let's just see how these teams stack up. I'm doing what I normally do. I'm looking at their rankings and everything else, which is still a bit of a pain right now because a bunch of teams have played six games. A bunch of teams have played seven. So I got to go based off their averages. So let's start with the offense. Uh, The Cleveland Browns, um, 
their offensive rank, this is based on their yards. That's the standard thing. They average 393.4 yards a game. That puts them ninth in the NFL, where the Pittsburgh Steelers average 323.8 yards per game. That has them at 27th in the NFL. So quite a, you know, Cleveland's top 10 offense, Steelers, bottom five. Okay. Bottom six. Sorry. Bottom six. Um, Then you look at points scored. Points scored. Steelers are slightly better. Instead of 27th, they're 26th, 19.5. They have the same averages. Their positions have changed a little bit from last week, even though they didn't play because of what other teams did. So the Steelers, they're 26th in points scored. The Cleveland Browns are 12th. So they're 9th in yards, but 12th in points. They average 24.7. So uh, I'd like to see the Steelers keep them under 24. That would be that, that would be pretty nice and, and, and see what they can do. Then let's look at this. It's the rushing yards. The rushing yards. As we all know, or maybe we don't know, but as a lot of us have heard, the Cleveland Browns lead the NFL in rushing. They average 170.4 rushing yards a game. That's first in the NFL. Where the Steelers, they do not. (laughs) They do not lead the NFL in rushing, but they don't trail it all the way at the bottom. The Steelers are still 81.2 yards per game. That's 29th in the NFL, so they're 29th. Um, when you, but then when you look at the air attack, the Browns average 223 yards through the air in the game, in, in a game, that's 27th, 27th in the NFL, where the Steelers average 242.7 yards and that's 15th. So the Steelers have a better air attack. The Browns aren't known for their air attack, but it's, it's, you have to ask yourself, is it that they can't or is it that they don't need to? I mean, they are four and three. They've lost three games. So you kind of have to look at that a little bit, but you know, it, it is what it is. So now let's move on to, oh wait, I got a couple other stats in there. Both teams have turned the ball over. Both offenses have turned the ball over seven times. Now the Browns have had an extra game to do that, but that's what they've done. So they're pretty even there. Now, What about giving up sacks, which is kind of interesting, kind of interesting when you look at this because the, you know, you you say, oh, Cleveland's got such a good offensive line. Oh, the Steelers, they don't have a very good offensive line. Steelers have given up 12 sacks. Cleveland's given up 19. It is what it is. Now, I'm not saying that it's all because of the offensive line. It could be based on the quarterback holding the ball, all these other things. But that's what it is. It is what it is, as I said before. So those are just a couple other stats to remember. So let's now look at the defense. The Cleveland Browns defense is up there better with their than their offense. Because when you look at yards surrendered, they give up 295.6 yards a game. That's second in the NFL. Second in the NFL. The Steelers give up 352.3 yards a game, and that's 13th. All right. When it comes to points. This is interesting. Remember this. The Browns have given up 23.6 points per game. That's 18th in the NFL. Where the Steelers have only given up 22 points per game. That's 12th in the NFL. So the Browns on defense are ranked really high in everything but points surrendered. They're beyond, they're not in the top half of the NFL. So despite not giving up a lot of yards and things like that, they're giving up a lot of points. So where the Steelers, you know, they're 12th, 
So they're they're in the top half of the league. Um, just find that kind of interesting. Uh, when it comes to rushing defense, the Browns are second in the league. They give up 80.4 yards. The Steelers are 12th. They give up 107.7. So the Steelers give up more than 60 yards less than what the Browns average. So it's going to be really interesting to see where this lands on Sunday and the Browns rushing attack. And then um, talking about pass defense, the Browns are seventh in the NFL with 215.1. The Steelers are 15th in the NFL with 244.7 yards. Okay. The Browns have done a better job this year getting to the quarterback. They have 20 sacks, which is 2.85 per game. The Steelers have 15 sacks, which is 2.5 a game. So the Steelers could could use a, a big sack game if uh, to try to boost their numbers. You know, those you got to pump up those numbers. Those are rookie numbers. Okay. Both teams, once again, takeaways tied. Both have five. So it's not like the Browns are forcing a lot of takeaways, kind of like where a lot of Steelers fans are like, man, could really use some more takeaways. Um, but they're not. Now, let's let's look at this. One thing you also have to look at here to, to finish up is who have they played? The Steelers are three and three. The Browns are four and three. But who have they played to get there? Okay. So the Steelers have played the the um oh what why can I not say this? Um they, they've played basically all the teams that are leading their division in the AFC. They've, they're playing, they're, you know, they played or will play division leaders. It's, it's, how, it's how it goes. So like this, this, well, it's, yeah, hold on. I'm trying to bring up the division leaders. So they haven't played Tennessee yet, but they're scheduled to. So the Steelers have, you know, they have three losses on the season. So they lost to Cincinnati leading their division. Las Vegas leading their division and Green Bay leading their division. Okay. Got to remember these things. So they've lost all three of their losses were to division, the division leaders. The Steelers beat the division leading Buffalo Bills and they beat the Denver Broncos who now have just fallen under 500. Part of that is because the Steelers beat them and they beat Seattle, which, you know, that's just their NFC West opponent. Um, when it comes to those kind of things, I look at it as I want the Steelers to kind of hold serve with the with the um, with their division teams. Like for example, you don't want to lose to a team that everyone else in your division went, beats. But if you can beat a team that everyone else in your division loses to, then you've done something. So if you look at the at the Browns, you know what they've done. They lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City's struggling, but they have a win against the Browns. Okay. So we'll just say that the Houston Texans, they beat them by 10 points. Okay. So that's how they ended up with their first two games. Then they beat the bears who the Steelers still have to face. They beat the Vikings 14 to seven, man, oh man. Um, a team that the Steelers still have to face. They lost to the chargers team Steelers still have to face and they lost to the Cardinals. That's not a team that the Steelers have to face because that that's the NFC West opponent. So right there, the Steelers are already up one on the Browns because they beat their NFC West opponent and the Browns lost to theirs is what it is. And the Steelers had the one that was the number one seed from last year. So you can't complain that, oh, it was such a bad matchup. Well, that's 
what happened. And then last but not least, the Browns beat the Broncos, who the Steelers also beat. So when you look at it, put it in there in in there in the context, the wins for the Browns go Texans. You know, the Steelers don't play the Texans, they have to play the Titans instead. But Texans, Bears, Vikings, Broncos. So out of those teams, the best team that that the that the that the Browns have beat is well, it's a it's it's a toss-up between the Denver Broncos, who the Steelers also beat, and the and the who is that? The Min- not the Minnesota Vikings, they're three and three. And the Chicago Bears, who are three and four. Or no, it would be the Minnesota Vikings. It would be who are three and three. And then close behind is the Broncos who are three and four and the Bears who are three and four. So just something to keep in mind. Doesn't mean anything about the Steelers going forward in this game, but it could help, you know, help to decipher some things later on. Okay. So, and then, and then, but who were the three losses that the, that the Browns had? It was to the Chiefs and it was to the Chargers and it was to the Cardinals. So those are all, I mean, the Cardinals are undefeated and, and the Chiefs, you know, they're, like I say, they're struggling, they're three and four, but the Chargers, they're four and two. So they've, they've lost to good teams, but they have, they haven't beat any team that's above 500. So that tells me that the Steelers and Browns are kind of relatively close to each other right now. So Sunday's a big game, big, big, big game. So I hope that wasn't too much numbers coming at you. I was trying to keep things a little bit organized there, but make sure that you are continuing to tune in to the podcasts. Um, all you got, the best way to do it. I know it's not, not everyone does podcasts the same way. I do Apple podcasts because anytime I need them, boom, the podcasts are there. Even if I don't have any, if, if I'm not a place where I have Wi-Fi, I don't have very good cell reception. The podcasts are already there. So if you subscribe on pod uh, on Apple podcasts, you won't miss any of our podcasts. You'll have them. Make sure you're checking out behind the steel curtain.com. Your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Really excited about this game. I'm excited yet nervous. I'm like, I think the Steelers could come out and absolutely trounce this team. I don't want them to come out and kind of, you know, start a little bit slow coming out of the bye because I I said this on the Scobro show, when the Steelers came out of their bye last year, which if you could call that a bye, I still don't know that we can. But when they came out of the bye last year, they scored a touchdown in the first quarter. It was the first touchdown they scored in the first quarter of a game coming out of the bye since 2008. Okay, so I'm hoping they can start a little bit faster. But if they don't, just remember, the Steelers, they do have a four-game winning streak coming out of the bye. But I will also say another crazy number. This is only the second time in Mike Tomlin's um, tenure as the Steelers head coach that he's coming out of the bye as an underdog. The Steelers have always been favored in all but one other game. That one other game is when they traveled to Seattle um, in 2015 and lost to the Seahawks 39 to 30. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. All these numbers are great, kind of good to break down, but you know what? When those two teams get out on the field Sunday, the numbers don't matter. The only numbers that matter are the points on the scoreboard. So thanks for tuning in with me. And as I always say, thanks for keeping out with me.